welcome to the Regional Anesthesia Simplified Podcast. We want you to learn the most important stuff about the basic nerve blocks that most of us will be doing in the real world, i.e. private practice, all within a 10-minute time period. Since this is a first podcast, there's infinite room to improve, and we'd love to hear from you. Any suggestions, constructive criticisms, what other blocks you'd like us to cover, questions, and of course, corrections would all be very welcome. Our Twitter handle is at regionalpodcast, and our email is regionalpodcast at gmail.com, all one word. A very big caveat before we begin. This is a personal project meant to help other residents and practitioners, and it's not affiliated with or sponsored by any governing body or university. I make no money from the podcast, and I don't recommend folks doing these blocks at home. I don't even recommend using this as a sole resource for reviewing regional anatomy for the boards, because that's a surefire recipe to fail. So we're going to start off with a nice gentle block, the femoral nerve block. But it is a very nice bread and butter block and we'll all be doing it quite a bit so it behooves us all to learn it really well. Quick anatomy review and I'll try to make it as quick and painless as possible. The femoral nerve is a major terminal branch of the lumbar plexus and it derives innervation from L2 to 4. It passes through the psoas muscle and once it exits the lateral aspect of the psoas it enters a groin beneath the inguinal ligament. It then divides into two branches, the anterior and posterior branch. The anterior branch provides motor innervation to the sartorius and the pectineus muscles and sensory to the skin of the anterior and medial thigh. And the posterior branch provides motor innervation to the quadriceps muscles and sensory to the medial aspect of the lower leg via the saphenous branch. It's a triangular hyperechoic structure on ultrasound. It's lateral to the artery, and the anterior branch takes off more superficially compared with the posterior branch, and the posterior branch is obviously more posterior, but also more lateral to the anterior branch. This is going to become important for when we review nerve stimulation techniques. It's covered by the fascia lata and the fascia iliaca. It's separated from the femoral artery and vein by the iliopectineal ligament and from bulk from the iliopsoas muscle. So what surgeries is it used for? Any anterior thigh procedures like the quadriceps tendon repair and knee procedures like total knee arthroplasty and ACL repair. Landmarks for the block. The patient is supine for this block and the leg can be set in a frog leg position. Using your imagination machine, you can draw an imaginary line between the anterior superior iliac spine and the pubic symphysis, which is a mirror reflection of the actual real inguinal ligament. And on that line, the femoral artery can be felt pulsating. And most studies recommend going 1 to 2.5 centimeters lateral to that point to find the femoral nerve. There are two ways to do this. One is with the nerve stimulation technique, and the other is with ultrasound. We'll go through both techniques. With the nerve stimulation technique, blind jabbing is very strongly discouraged. In fact, all the studies I've seen recommend a very careful approach since there's a nice big artery right there next to the nerve. With nerve stimulation, you want to use a 1 milliamp initial current. The classic teaching is that you'll feel two pops, one from the fascia lata and the other from fascia iliaca. The femoral nerve is the first nerve you'll hit there and is pretty superficial, less than 3 centimeters from the skin. There are two possible responses you'll see here. One is from stimulation of the anterior branch, which stimulates the sartorius muscle, which looks like medial thigh twitching. The classic teaching is that this response can be seen even if you're outside the sheath. So you might end up with a terrible block if all you see is this one response. The classic patellar snap, which is what we were going for here, is a response from the quadriceps muscle group. And most sources recommend using 20 to 30 mils of local here with frequent aspiration to confirm that you're not intravascular, which is very bad. The reason why it's bad, well, 
probably cover in a future podcast. With ultrasound, the landmarks are all the same. The femoral artery can be seen pulsating on the ultrasound screen. It's medial to the femoral vein, which is compressible, and the nerve is lateral to the artery, and it appears triangular and not well-defined because it's a very thin nerve at this level. Deep to all these structures, you can see the iliopsoas muscle. You can do this block in-plane or out-of-plane. If you're going to do this in-plane, you want to go to the lateral aspect of your probe and watch the needle the entire time. Now, one area here that could confuse things is that inguinal lymph nodes can appear hyperechoic and look like nerves, but upon scanning up and down, they'll disappear, whereas the femoral nerve can be seen continuously. And the nerve should be blocked before the femoral artery bifurcates. As with the simulation technique, one goes through the fascia lata and the fascia iliaca. Here again, most sources recommend using 20 to 30 cc's of local with frequent aspiration and confirm that you're not intravascular. Another option with either the nerve stimulation or the ultrasound techniques is to thread a catheter for continuous peripheral nerve block. I won't do much literature review in these podcasts just to keep things basic, but some pertinent studies that I thought were important to answer a few questions. One, is ultrasound better than nerve stimulation techniques? This is a huge area of debate, but there's one study that pertains to femoral nerve blocks that I thought I should review. It's from Kasadian colleagues, and it showed a 42% reduction in mean effective anesthetic volume using 0.5% ROPI when using ultrasound versus nerve stimulation techniques. As for continuous or single-shot nerve blocks, Salinas and colleagues in ANA 2006 showed that continuous nerve block for total knee arthroplasty had decreased visual analog scores and opioid requirements, but no difference in length of stay or functional recovery. So basically, a continuous nerve block would be great for patient comfort, but wouldn't really impact length of stay or functional recovery, according to this study. What about infections in the femoral area? Kuvalon and colleagues in ANA 2001 showed that 57% femoral catheters had bacterial colonization, mostly with staph epidermidis, but of the 208 patients, none had cellulitis or an abscess, although three had transitory bacteremia. So there you have it, folks, femoral nerve blocks in 10 minutes. As I mentioned, this is in its infancy, and I'd love to hear your thoughts, criticisms, corrections, and ideas for future blocks. Our goal is to do probably eight or 10 of the basic blocks that we should all be good at and go through the basic things that you need to know about each block. Again, our Twitter handle is at regionalpodcast, and our email is regionalpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. So until next time, this is Narayana from Regional Podcast.